It's Tennessee Titans talk, NFL Draft Week. I did an interview earlier this week with Christina Lance, longtime friend of mine and veteran of sports media. Had a great conversation with her about what to expect from the NFL Draft on a production standpoint and what she's looking forward to seeing, some new stuff. It's going to be a lot of fun. We had a great talk and a great interview. She's a Patriots fan, so it was interesting to talk about sort of a Patriots lifer's thoughts on Tom Brady in Tampa Bay. Belichick with, we guess, Jared Sidham. Had a great conversation with her about that and just life in quarantine. Appreciate you listening to us. We've got a contest on Twitter. Find us, Titans Talk Cast. We've got content coming. Our annual Notre Dame draft podcast coming tomorrow as well as Prop Bet podcast coming tomorrow night. So stick with us. Follow us on Twitter. Subscribe to us on iTunes and Spotify. Hope everybody's staying safe. Here's Christina Lance. Christina, I know you work in sports. I've been so fascinated about how this NFL draft has come down. I've been watching this very closely since I was a kid, since 1993. Mm-hmm. I've been to the drafts in recent years. From a production standpoint, I was backstage in 2017 briefly and just saw the enormous effort it takes to put on a live television show that lasts for three days. With your experience in that, I've noticed the networks are put, putting together some things and doing a pretty good job of kind of making it as seamless as they can to pre- present people in their homes what what is going to go into that because i know last year when we were walking downtown i mean literally uh, within a week going down there there were people working Mm -hmm. tirelessly to build things all this stuff just to make it happen and it was like literally a construction right riverfront and downtown on the cumberland river espn rented out you know acme feed and seed for you know two million dollars or whatever just the sheer number of people working on the production uh how is that kind of effort and that kind of manpower how does it i don't know what's the word how does that segue putting on a giant virtual everybody at home event it's going to be a fascinating change and i have to say my heart breaks for everyone who's been planning the draft ever since they announced it was going to vegas and um, you're right i i'm blessed enough to work in media and professional sports and before i was in this job i worked in sports tv for three years so i mean i've had the opportunity to spend three weeks at the indy 500 to work at the rose bowl to work at at a, an afc wild card game and to see the infrastructure that goes into that build, they work months and years ahead of time for that. So to see it all crumble for very valid reason, no one's saying they should be going out to Vegas to do this in the middle of all this. It's heartbreaking for the people who've worked hard on it. But what what we're seeing um, on, on my side of things is this has just been just a watershed moment of change, kind of in TV production in general. I was reading about some of the, the preparations that ESPN is doing for this. They're going to get technology into draft picks homes. But you think about it if you have a phone if you have an iphone if you have an android you have technology to connect yourself to espn i've seen so many athletes even before this all started but especially since do interviews midweek for sports center or and nbc's sn lunch talk that they're doing now or nfl network from their own home with their iphone with their ipad people are able to be connected in a way they never were so if this had happened even two three four years ago we probably would have we would have had a, a draft purely over teleconference and nothing to to broadcast now we can have rich eisen still hosting we can still have all of the talent from their various locations able to talk to each other live just like you and i are doing now they'll be on video so they can see each other they'll be able to send in lights they'll be able to send in the right technology that they need and then we're going to get um, we're going to get goodell 
from the basement of his house in Westchester um, announcing the pick. And what I absolutely love is we saw it the other night in the WNBA draft. We're going to see these kids who are having their lives changed, but they're really going to be able to do it in their home. And that's something we're seeing coming out of this is so much authentic personal media content that we want to see mom and dad and brothers and aunts and uncles who are safely able to be with them to be able to celebrate. And they're going to get that in a way that you didn't get at Radio City or downtown Nashville or on the strip in Vegas, jumping in the water at the Bellagio. You're going to get that deep personal connection that we're really seeing a lot in media now. I mean, you're even seeing it. I was I watched something the other day. They were doing a live interview with Chris Hemsworth and his kid jumped on his lap. That's what people want to see right now. So this is going to be fascinating. In all honesty, I can't remember the last time I watched the draft. I'm not going to miss a minute of this. Yeah, I think there's uh, there's always curiosity about it. I just think how they're going to pull it off. Uh, <laughs> there are fans of media, and uh, I think it'll be. I wonder how this is going to happen. They're going to be and praying. Figure- for, they're going to be praying for strong Wi-Fi connections. I know the WNBA uh, last night. They got to Sabrina Ionescu in her home for her first interview, and the Wi-Fi was so behind. I think she froze up and dropped a couple times. And um, so they're going to be praying for strong Wi-Fi connections and good yeah. connectivity. But if anyone's going to be able to figure out how to do it it's the nfl they have the finances and the infrastructure to be able to throw at it they can ship a, a ring light and a cup and a small rig to every single prospect that they want to be in their homes and it's just right. it's just a couple plug-ins and, and again a pray for a good connection and they could do whatever they need with the army of people that were um, working on it last year a week out and the resources and connections they have uh, verizon and everybody else mm-hmm. i would imagine uh, they have done their homework on that and they've been out as much as they can be uh you don't you don't have to interact with somebody to be outside their home and make sure their signal and everything. I bet they've been really creative. And the, there are people like you that do this for a living, and they they don't just do television. They solve problems of living. And so this is just a different problem uh, for them to solve. And I think people are going to rise to the occasion. And like you were kind of referring to, I think we're going to have some silver linings to this. People are going to, because uh, they would never maybe open up in the way that they can. This will be more informal in ways. Mm-hmm. And there have been a players over the years that have said, hey, you know, I have 40 people I need to watch this and celebrate this with. And I can't pick six people to be at this table in the green room with me, but I'm sure their age go crazy because I, I know it's a boom for them to be in that room. But there are kids that do that now. That decision is made for them. Isn't it? It's it's fascinating. And like I said, I think this is right. while but yes, they'll be in their homes. They unfortunately won't be able to have everyone I'm sure they want with them, giving, given the social distancing and everything we're having to do. But still, it's an opportunity that they can be with their own people in their own place, in their own comfort, and still able to have the same connectivity they'll still be able to get that draft pick. I saw they're going to do a fake walk up to the camera and still have their interaction with That's Goodell. Awesome. Um, even though Goodell can't, even though Goodell can't give the bro hug that he loves to give. Yeah, so Goodell's much. not going to get booed. Um, and he's they'll not still... be hugged. He's going to be really, uh, really. This might be the best thing to ever happen to Roger. Yeah, know? he's relieved because he's not going to get booed. But they'll still, they'll still yeah. find a way. Well, yeah, they will. Exactly. And, uh, you know, I just remember the face in Philadelphia. It's like he got so tired of because they booed, of course, everybody. You know, just a, a um, handful of groups all weekend. It was so tiresome. And man, I mean, there were times you could, <laughs> I mean, you could barely hear them over the booze. <laughs> people were incredible. But well, it was like being in Radio City for a couple of years for for so long. I mean, y'all, you got the was the Giants and the Jets fans, and even they boo. Uh, boo for themselves. That's what people are going to miss. So, it's uh, like, uh, I heard somebody <laughs> say in national media, it's like, it's just going to be so weird to, how are they going to replicate the looks on Giants fans when they uh, make an off-the-wall pick at four, right? <laughs> like, like last year. Daniel Jones, much. And it seems like every year, like, Jets or Giants are never happy with it, because they're going to want them to pick, uh, like, a, like, a skill position player. You know, I in, in my mock draft, I'd pick um, the offensive tackle they like best, and if they can't trade back, I don't think they'll be able to. 
they're just going to pick up they're going to pick a tackle which they desperately need and that's not that's going to be to the chagrin of uh, of their fans and i bet they'll find a way to capture that uh passion and uh pain that that is uh that is being a new york sports fan oh no no question i lived in uh lived in new jersey for 15 years so i, I got to know it well and if there's anyone who'll find a way it's the good old jets and giants fans and i say that lovingly about my friends are you doing okay? Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I uh, I mean, I'm go- finishing three weeks living, sleeping, working, eating, basically in my parents' bonus room, which is getting old. But yeah. it's <laughs> but it's uh, it's better than being by myself for the last five weeks. Yeah, that's how- true. That was tough. How about you? You know, it's been a really tough time, but I don't know. It's um, you still your- kind of think about your how it could be worse. One hundred percent. I've I've got a job that is one hundred percent secure. I've got yeah. a place to be. I am not living paycheck to paycheck i am i'm doing just fine i can't complain yeah that makes me feel really bad about my gambling debts because I, I'm, <laughs> I'm joking well exactly exactly yeah. because because there are people who are worried about oh that. my gosh are you kidding there's a lot of people i think like you and me that you wouldn't necessarily think that if uh you just think as good as things were going for maybe them specifically or our economy this wouldn't end but ultimate <sighs> misstep a lot of people going to bed really Oh, exactly. It's not even just their health to worry about. I'm just worried about mine, my family, my friend's health. I don't think I can handle it. Exactly. We can, we can sit back and, and relax, and we have the luxury of being able to shut our doors and go outside when we want to and only worry about those around us. There's there's a whole lot of people living in far worse situations. Yeah, like people that have pest kids. Oh, those kids probably kids. make it easier. But. They, they do and they don't. My sister, I was just, I was over at my sister's house, like I said, and she's got three. They're sick, uh, a week short of the third birthday day and nice. about 16 months there and you go. uh so she, squad. very much and she has she's just uh she's homeschooling now so she's, she's <laughs> trying she's trying to figure all that out while how to homeschool the world's smartest six-year-old while keeping the the three-year-old and the 16 month old from going crazy while dad's upstairs trying to figure out how they're going to have an election in november so wow Oof. yeah a lot going on there could be a podcast about how people are everyday life in the walls oh there there really could be how much things are changing how much Again, people who aren't used to being around each other all the time. A lot of people are thinking about the negative of that, but there's a lot of positive. But it is an adjuster either way. And I had similar, I, uh, the, the software I use that, I mean, this is going to sound so silly, but the software I use to just like monitor my, my spending and my budgets and everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> After the first two weeks of this, it told me, you normally spend, you you in, in an average on a month, you spend uh, $30 on groceries. You have spent 300 in the last two weeks. <laughs> no, but the software I use to monitor my spending is myself all the time and it was kind of crazy um at the end of last month being like wow i have a lot more money i didn't realize that i must apparently be quite the jet setter i never thought that but i was like forced at home and only buying groceries like oh wow i have exactly extra thousand dollars like what did i what possibly do with that i have know, not bought gas month. this month period oh yeah and even yeah even if you buy it so i have and, and exactly even when you do it's, it's, it's a lot it's of half, fun it's half what it was but that one way my gym membership went away my monthly payment for my disney pass yeah. went away all this i'm not buying everything off amazon anymore i mean i'm making do with what i have i'm not going shopping i'm yeah i've been hitting up amazon pretty good but other than that yeah it's not i haven't i haven't i'm trying to be good because normally when i get on the road this long i start just compulsively 
actually online shopping and buying too yeah. many clothes. <laughs> so like, I'm not. I want to get some mail. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. I need to do something. I need to have stuff waiting for me when I get home. I'm sick of wearing all this work stuff. I want to buy new clothes. I'm keeping myself from doing that. For me, it's always like new electronic book. Yep. It's oh, not it's necessarily still... clothes, but I, I do buy a little bit of Amazon. Lots of Amazon books. And I actually, I have to get a friend to go to my apartment. Because when I thought I was going back this weekend, I had a couple things shipped there. So I've got to have her go push them inside the front door. Yes, absolutely. A couple boxes sitting out front. Christina, it's Saturday night. I'm glad I can blame the virus on this, but I'm watching Jared Stidham preseason highlights on YouTube. So I don't know if this is Saturday night high or low. Uh, Considering I'm a Patriots fan and I have never seen a Jared Stidham highlight. I I really can't speak well to that, but it's it's a casual Saturday night in the pandemic. What else are you going to do with your time? I'll say the young man looks good in uniform. He's the athletic. He seems really decisive. The NFL preseason is, is a totally different subset of this game that we love so much. Uh, that being said, uh, you know, it looks like Bill Belichick, unless there's a giant smokescreen or some of they love in the draft, are we going to see some Jared Stidham in the regular season in Foxborough for the Patriots? I don't see any way around it. I mean, right now it's just him and Brian Hoyer on the roster. Hoyer, they just re-signed right before we all went into lockdown, going on stint three with the Patriots. So Belichick's always got something in Hoyer he likes. I'm honestly not quite sure what that is. He went through, I mean, how many backup quarterbacks behind Brady? I mean, had Castle did well during the one year when Brady blew out the blew out the knee had Jimmy G who's of course in San Francisco now but just kept going through them and going through them even Ryan Mallett went through Tim Tebow for a season just just kept them there I don't know what uh Belichick season Stidham I honestly can't tell you that but he seems to see something Stidham also seems to have the backup of the team as well I was reading some pieces about him um particularly with uh Devin and Jason McCourty the twins twin brothers um, on the defense and they were saying we expect to see Stidham around New England for a while now I don't know if they're just towing the company line right there, but he's at least got the backup of the team behind him. They seem to enjoy him. That said, his, uh, his 2019 regular season was a whopping two for four with a pick six. So that doesn't quite give me much to go on right now, right. but it's, it's just him and Hoyer. They let Cody Kessler go right after they brought in Hoyer. Um, but then I go back to what was it? 08 when Brady blew out the knee in the first, first game. And we thought, Oh boy, we're done. And they somehow worked it out with Maddie castle Went 11 and five didn't make the playoffs somehow, but went 11 and five with the backup quarterback who had a little more experience and under his belt, but not a whole lot more. And he had saw- less of a pedigree. This guy did not make a college start and exactly. was not drafted. I think he was a six-round draft pick. So we've got Siddham drafted in the fourth round last year. Had a bit of a rocky time at Auburn. That is not semblance of a pro offense, though. Looked good as a freshman at Baylor. Um, he fits this modern, I think, we can draw conclusions of what Bill Belichick wants him moving forward as a quarterback. Well, you obviously know what Brady was. Um, immobile, highly intelligent, very reactive. Um, but from Jacob Kobe Brissett to Jimmy G and these other guys that we know that Bill Belichick has liked. I've tried to make it worth Tebow. I think his idea was to have what Taysom Hill is now, yes. but Tebow would never go for it. That could have set the quarterback position, kind of the quarterback utility man ahead five more years, but uh, Tebow just wasn't willing uh, to do it, it seems like. But he wants to make a departure from Brady in the fact that he wants an athletic guy. I think Stidham is underratedly athletic, and he looks certainly decisive. And is there a part of it that Belichick, if this isn't a smokescreen and he isn't going to pick somebody in the 
first two days of the draft this weekend or there isn't uh, an Andy Dalton coming to the works, does he want to do it with a guy like this? Does he want to home grow a guy? Is this part of the Bill Belichick, Tom Brady sort of ego contest we're going to see this next year where, hey, watch me do it in Tampa. Hey, watch me do it with a guy no one's ever heard of. Well, he's already done it once with a guy no one ever heard of in Tom Brady. And right. I mean, he's proven that he can. And he, he proved that when Matt Castle came in and played well, when Jimmy G came in and played well, when right. Jacoby came in and played well, um, that right. he can take that guy as long as he's got the right attitude, the right body, the right physicality to fit into whatever he's got growing for that offense um, to really bring them in there and they shine. He doesn't need the big name and the big pedigree. I wouldn't be surprised if he sees this as an opportunity. I also wouldn't be surprised. Um, this is me just throwing spitballs out there. If if Stidham's got to have a good relationship with Josh McDaniels, is Belichick being mostly the defensive guy? We're going on year three without a defensive coordinator, having had a defensive coordinator in house since Matt Patricia left. Stidham's got to have that relationship with McDaniels, which clearly Tom Brady had to have, which Matty Castle had to have with all those guys did. So, and we've seen how many times McDaniel has had the opportunity to go back to a head coaching job and pick it back up. Is this the first step of a transition? I don't know, but this is something they've done before. They've been able to take all but Mr. Irrelevant and turn him into the best, one of the best quarterbacks of all time. 99% of that was Tom Brady just being the absolute freak of nature that Tom Brady is. Here's my, my thing is because the Patriots have had such you know, winning championships. I think a bit of the media and maybe the national thing is all, you know, can they win a championship without him? Tom Brady went, I don't think it's even about that. I think it's about, like you said, when they won 11 games with Matt Castle, even though they didn't um, go to the playoffs in a very weird year where they <laughs> yeah. where they missed out on the playoffs. I think it's just to remain a relevant team. I think because they're in such, have such an interesting cap situation and, um, you know, the talent on that team doesn't look dominant. I would never count them out for anything, but I think just having a playoff caliber season, winning the AFC East again, I think that would validate Belichick, Daniels, and all those guys. And like you said, there is evidence to say like the year with Castle and and um, the success they had when Brady was serving suspension. But I think that would be kind of the encore to, hey, look, Brady is great. He speaks for himself. But we were the foundational to the success that we've had from a coaching staff, from the way we evaluate and the guys. And Belichick has never been afraid to let big names go. When he let Richard Seymour go a couple years ago, some of the bigger names who got to the not the end of their career, but starting to go on the tail end of their career. And he decides, you know, I'm just, I'm ready to move on and I'm going to let you go. That's what happened here with Brady. They weren't ready to make the the long-term agreement that Brady wanted. And so they move on. This is an organization that they love you while they're there. They wish you the well when you go on, go with God, but they go on to the next. There is not that core gut, we have to stay together. I mean, and you look at that with how frequently they rotate through, through wide receivers and through other rotational players players. They have that core that stays there, but they're always changing the parts in and out. Belichick's a tinkerer. He likes to play around with things, and this is another opportunity for him to step up and say, okay, it, the deck's stacked against me, but I'm going to step up and do it. I mean, y- you don't get to be one of the best head coaches in the National Football League without a ginormous ego. He's clearly got it, and this will be an opportunity for him to say, look what else I can do. Yeah, I think it's the ultimate opportunity for him to do that. I'm sure it invigorates, because he seems like that kind of guy that would step up to that challenge. going to be really Really, it's the Patriots are compelling every year because we know they're, you know, for the last two decades, they've been in the championship mix. They're compelling this year for maybe that reason.
season, but really others. How is it going to turn out? Who, who are they going to enter with? And the way it ended last season uh, to now, super, super interesting. You mentioned how easily they move on from players, and they're not a big second contract team. Uh, the, the Tennessee Titans are predominant built from a front office standpoint, a coaching standpoint, and a player standpoint of former Patriots. And so there's an interesting connection, and it's not just the Titans. So several teams throughout the league, notably the Lions and Dolphins now, have a lot of former players, and then mm-hmm. a lot of teams have kind of uh, sought to use the Patriot blue. So uh, we feel like down here that we have with Mike Vrabel. Mm-hmm. John Robinson's a longtime scout for the Patriots. And then, of course, you just talk about the several different players that we've had that have that have made a big impact for us and kind of turning over our culture. Uh, the connection between us and the Patriots seems to but it's because of their success. That imprint is more or less throughout the league, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, Belichick's coaching tree is huge. You look right now, you've got Joe Judge out there now in New York. You've got Brian Flores out there. You've got Vrabel. You've got Matt Patricia. So many coaches going out um, who've, who've trained under Belichick. Um, so many players as well. You've got Gerard Mayo coming up in the in the Patriot system um, who, who have learned at the feet of Belichick and are figuring out what works for them and what doesn't. Because clearly what Belichick has that works for him just works for him so well. Because, I mean, love Matt Patricia. Great guy. Loved him having him. This could be his last year in Buffalo. We saw Josh McDaniels flame out in, in Denver, and now he's back in, in New England. I think all of us Pats fans assume he's the heir apparent. Yeah. Uh, Brian right. Flores has not had the success in Miami that he wanted. There's so many well, people up there. Flores, I think uh, his stock is high because I think what he did with the talent that he had mm-hmm. uh, to win yes. four games and just kind of his demeanor on the sideline, but you're right, uh, the jury's still out. But uh, you're right, it's interesting. But that is not um, unknown in, in history where um, a coach with just almost a dominant res his coaching tree uh, is not super effective. And that would be an interesting study or a book just to talk about <laughs> if there is a correlation there. Because you think about um, even, let's say, Nick Saban, who really has a lot of parallels with Bill Belichick personally. And then, the you know, he's been the Bill Belichick of college football in the last two decades. His coaching tree is not wildly successful. I wonder if these guys are better coaches than they are mentors. Well, and, and Saban was defensive coordinator at the Browns under Belichick. So, I mean... Yeah, oh yeah. They it, it really is fascinating to see that same thing. These two guys that just have that football mentality and have it inside of them and those who can't do teach, those in this right. situation, those who can't do coach because they can't teach either. <laughs> the the, uh, well, the or or they're just so much perfectionist and 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 I'm I'm blanking on the word I want to come up with, but they, they struggle to to train those coming up under them perhaps. Or maybe it's not the priority, or maybe they're it's maybe not. the sample size is so small and it is fast to me but maybe that's not what they're there for they're there they're not there to mentor the next no. great coach they're there to well, certainly do that they're there to so win maybe it's a matter of priority absolutely they're there to win super bowls they're not there to to find that next generation some some have that as a priority i can't tell you if belichick does or doesn't but all i know he's been one of the best coaches in the history of the national football league and i've been dang lucky to have him as the coach of my team yeah sometimes i think about how that would be and how surreal would be let's say the titans starting the season went on a run and won six of the next you know 19 super bowls it'd be it'd be hard to even imagine and um growing up uh you're you're about my age so you grew up with you know the opposite sort of new england <laughs> 
uh, sports, professional sports culture. So that makes it even more interesting because it's not like, I mean, you guys had the, had the opposite of the just wild success that all four major teams have at some point in the last two decades participated. Yeah, we moved there when I was four. So we moved there in 1985, moved to Mansfield, Mass, which is uh, five miles from Foxborough Stadium. My parents like to say when the, uh, when the lights were on and we could see the stadium from the house. And we didn't, when we were there, it wasn't Gillette. It was Foxborough Stadium and the stadium before that, which was an absolute dump like straight up bleacher seats just you didn't want to go there the team was terrible we went to church with the head trainer the stadium was five miles away and we never went to a game and we loved we lived there for 10 years left there in 95 just as all the teams started getting good so while we were there never went to a patriots game even though we live five miles away went to a handful of red sox games at fenway and a good handful i think we saw them win once i went to one game at the original garden and actually saw the celtics win it was incredible it was a deep brown buzzer beater and the place went wild wow. it was incredible okay. and it was the night of that i can't remember what year it was but early 90s back when it was the nfc championship game was always the cowboys versus 49ers that the just 49ers, I, yeah. that iconic mud mud game where everyone yeah. just came slogged up i for some reason that vividly stands out in my mind that was the night we went to the game at, at the garden that was then, the de facto i remember in those years that was the de facto super late oh yeah championship games for several years absolutely and and i have to say so people hate me because um my my team i'm from boston that's where i grew up lived there for 10 years so my teams are all the all the boston teams but of course the dynasties of the last the last decade with the patriots the red sox um the c's and the b's but my mom grew up in oklahoma and was a huge cowboys fan so in the early 90s when the patriots were terrible my team was the dynasty that was the cowboys so i was going to school with my troy aikman jersey on then right. give, give me a couple years and i'm jumping up and down in the lobby of my dorm watching brady lead my team to victory so people hate my teams there's not too many people that could kind of walk that back you know the uh, family tree so you, you've definitely been fortunate i have valid reason because everyone assumes i'm a bandwagon for both of my teams because i haven't lived in boston for 20 25 years now um grew up five miles from that stadium and then the cowboys were my mom's team so i at least have very valid reasons for both of my teams did you expect two weeks before free agency or let's say at the end of that Titans Patriots playoff game in your heart of hearts, if I would made you tell me right then your guess, did you guess he was leaving? Did you think he was going to leave? My heart of yeah. heart, in my heart of hearts, I would have said no. I would have thought he he's done. Um, or not not that he's done is that he if he wants to stay the Patriots will want him to stay because I mean more while it is Belichick's team so much of it is, is Robert Kraft as well and Robert Kraft loves Tom Brady as a son and I didn't think I didn't dream they'd ever part the the rational sports fan of me sat back and thought this is a 40 plus quarterback who whether he likes to admit it or not clearly even though he's still far more athletically sound than 99% of, of humanity he's not what he was and this is a sport and a business and they've got to have the best they can. So perhaps he could, but I figured he would retire before going somewhere else. But again, I talk about the Troy Aikman jersey I wore every day in middle school. That was what Aikman did. That's what my first quarterback did. That's what I hoped Brady would do. But Brady's got that Montana in him and no one thought Montana was going to go to the Chiefs and he did. Did I dream it was going to be Tampa Bay? No. I figured he'd be head back to California. I was thinking Chargers if he went anywhere. TB12 is going to do what TB12 wants to do. He's he hasn't gotten where he has um, from not working hard and from taking. And he certainly doesn't take no for an answer. So I, I wish him the best of luck in Tampa. I'll always be a Brady fan. I'm not a Bucks fan.
fan. I'm still a Pats fan. But uh, I think certainly all of Foxborough wishes him well. It's going to be absolutely fascinating. It's almost like a parallel universe, see him on another team. So in that way, it's just, and I know you obviously have, you know, more of um, of an emotional connection, but I think the fans of the other 31 team are like, wow, fascinated to see what happens. Um, it's it's like when, when, again, like when Montana went to, to Kansas City or when Peyton went to Denver, Peyton went a little earlier, so there was still, still time left in his career, but there are some of those people that just don't change teams. It would have been like seeing Mariano Rivera uh, leave the Yankees and go somewhere else or, or Poppy right. leave the Sox. But somehow they make it work and we'll yeah. we'll see what we'll see what Brady does. I absolutely think if anyone's going to do it, it's Tom Brady. But he's all he's already he's always taken what the critics said and used it as that fire. And if there's any time he's getting the criticism, unlike the suspension year and some of those other discussions, it's now. And I won't be surprised if he if he has success. It's, he's either going to be really successful in Tampa Bay or go down in absolute flame. There's really going to be no in between. Yeah, I think at his age, I think his next uh, injury is his last. So I hope that doesn't happen. But I think he'll fare well if he stays healthy. Think about them. They can't if he stays healthy, if he gets protection. Yeah, and that is a big thing. They're often like their skillful players are, are really something. And people talk about that, but they they're going to have to protect. Him. I know he gets rid of the ball quickly, but uh, he'll be playing in warm weather or a dome, you know, 10 or 11 games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think there's more to it. It, it. it definitely, like you said, this guy puts a lot into everything. He knows what he's doing. Um, and I think that the bar isn't championship. I think it's the, I really think the bar is for him to have a better season than the Patriots do without him. Really do. Um, I don't know that, that he wants all those other things too, but Mike Evans, uh, they came and played us in last year. And that guy is like a beast. I mean, when he gets going and Brady isn't going, Going to do anything but apps go after him and, and God, one of those guys, he can be get protected. Uh, they have weapons, they have an emergency, so it could be really interesting year in the NFC South. The predominant feeling here is the tight said no on Brady. Brady would have would have been really open to coming here, maybe as a first choice. Do you think we said no or Brady said? No? You know, I honestly don't have a good answer for that one. I mean, I think he was looking for some place he could really be the man in charge. I think a lot of a lot of where he would be willing to go would be what they would allow him to do as a team leader. I don't know where he would have fit in, in Mike Rabel's scheme. I don't know where he would have fit in with everyone else. Um, all I know is he seems to have found what he liked in, in Tampa Bay, and he wasn't going to go anywhere that they weren't going to give him a good opportunity to be the team leader that he needs to be. I think it's uh, true. That makes a lot of sense. Actually, he would have a lot of familiar faces here, but it seems to be a very strong leadership group, and I think Brady kind of is going to have a lot of Tommy, I know there's Bruce Arians, but this is the guys who are like, yeah, let's do it, let's rip it type. So, oh, Arians was has been wide open since day one, and I wanted him, I wanted him, I wanted him. Didn't dream I'd get him, right. but I wanted him. And I think Arians, Arians will step back. Yeah, because he knows what and, comes with and, that. And, yeah. and, and listen, yeah. exactly. Absolutely. Uh, it's going to be so fascinating. Christine, I'm let you go on that one. Thanks for checking this. Uh, a lot of good information about, you know, what to expect this weekend. Maybe I can get you on and we can talk about what happened positively and, and what those unique things. I, I'm hoping there will be so many good things that come this weekend that even when we're back to normal, back to normal, maybe we'll keep those things like you said. I mean, it'll probably be those human interest and just the those informal things. Just fascinating. And I would wish you luck as a, as a Patriots fan, but with you guys and y'all's track record, uh, I, I don't think you'll need it. Every year for the past couple, I've been saying this is it. This is it. This is it. I even I as the the diehard fan will admit that. I think we might have finally hit it. But again, it's Belichick. We thought it came in 2008 and it didn't. We thought it had happened a couple other times. So if there's anyone that can keep this train going, it's Bill Belichick. Oh, there's no question. Thanks for the time, Christina. Good luck. Stay safe. Uh, best family and all. Tighten up. Thanks.